You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Just want to remind you to check out our social media accounts. First one is Twitter and Instagram, which is at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and then YouTube, No Credentials Required. Also, I want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, either on the YouTube side, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and click that share, click like the subscribe button, and also hit the notifications button so you know when new episodes of the podcast are released. And also, if you're on the audio side, subscribe to our podcast either on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Podchaser, anywhere you find podcasts. Give us a review; that would be very, very helpful because it gets us in the realm of podcasts and makes this more noticeable. All right. So this episode is going to revolve basically all around the Albany empire. Their first four weeks of the season, we're going to break down the last game against Orlando. We'll do some power rankings, but first I want to introduce my guest for the evening. You know, him, you'll love him. Tom Goss, Goslowski guys. How are we doing today? What's up, Ryan McCarthy. Thank you so much for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and Gaz uh, obviously is the CEO, COO, and CFO of Godzilla Media, but he's also color commentary on YouTube streams for the Albany Empire home game. So how's that experience been been so far, guys? It has been a lot of fun. Uh, first, shout out to my partner, Andrew Santilla, who's done a great job with the play-by-play side of it. 
Andrew and I really didn't know each other before the broadcast started. And I'm talking about like the season. So it's been fun to learn more about him. We kind of knew of each other, but didn't know each other. So it's been fun working with him. The production side of the Albany Empire. What a great job across the board. Bo and his team have done a tremendous job of, if you've been watching it on YouTube, that is the same coverage you get inside the Times Union Center from replays, the slow motion to the reaction of the crowd. It has been a ton of fun watching the games alongside the Albany Empire fans so far this summer. I can't wait till the team is back inside the Times Union Center in July. So we only do the home games, not the away games. But still, yep. we've got to do a lot of cool stuff with the Albany Empire. I get to wear my ring in public and not my wonderful uh, engagement ring that I'm showing here on the visual side. But I actually get to wear the Empire <laughs> Championship ring from 2019. I know, right? Like I even told myself, I'm like, I'm going to be that guy who's going to post it on social media. I didn't make a tackle. I didn't make a catch. I was throwing t-shirts, but I'm like, there are no other moments in my life where I'm going to wear this in public. So I got to do that yeah, you, last you're, home game. Yeah. You were getting the, you, you're getting the crowd amped up. The crowd is the ninth man. So you, you're, that's your job. You're just getting right. everybody amped up for the next play. Speaking of play, let's talk about the Orlando game uh, this past Saturday. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I watched the entire thing. Let's go over the game itself. So the first half, kind of a shaky start for the Empire. They they score in their first possession, make a defensive stop, then they get stopped. Orlando goes up. Empire tries to respond. They get stopped in the end zone. They get stopped by with an interception, and then Orlando goes up a couple touchdowns. To me, it, it seemed a bit shaky for a while. Did the Empire, did the Empire look kind of nervous to you? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, especially with these types of matchups, because this take I'm going to have is, is more so in the college ranks and the high school ranks and the professional ranks. And what I mean by that is the team that's coming to your spot, like you're traveling, it's a big game and they hype themselves up. and They want to play so well in that first quarter that it means so much more to them. I feel like that means a lot more in college and high school because the emotions and a big play in the crowd, the immaturity in life has an impact on those games. And that's why those games can be so much fun. But when you're at the professional level, it's just talent and speed contracts. Like you can only do so much at the professional level that if you're not hyping yourself up for the game, you're not going to get paid. Like that's the motivation enough for pro athletes. It seemed as if this game down in Florida, they were ready to go. Orlando stepped up and they felt like, okay, we, although maybe nationally, maybe a more well-known franchise historically than the Albany Empire, the Albany Empire just walked in to this league and think they're the best team. We're going to step up and step up our game and show them, no, no, you just don't walk in year one and try to do this. It seemed like there was some extra motivation for Orlando early in that game. Yeah, especially when you have a home opener like that. You're in front of your home crowd for the first time this season. They had played away the last two weeks. They played in Columbus, got played played Columbus pretty close. We'll talk about Columbus in a little bit, but uh, they played Columbus pretty close. They got Columbus pull away at the end, and they come. Then they go into the to Jacksonville, their inter interstate rival, and they can't take care of business there. I mean, it, it was a that was a shocking game to me because I figured Jacksonville. All right, it's their home home opener. They're the, the defending champion. Yeah, we had a we had back in twenty nineteen. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't play the uh, twenty nineteen season because of COVID or 2020 season because of COVID, but you figure, well, a lot of those guys returning from the championship team, they're going to come out and ball out and look pretty, they look pretty good for the first half. And then all of a sudden their, their starting quarterback goes down. Their starting quarterback, uh, the Jacksonville Sharks was, uh, was uh, Mike Fawful who played for the empire in 2018. He goes down with a significant injury. I think he's out for the rest of the season, unfortunately. And they put their second string quarterback, 
he gets roughed up. Predators pull away in the final quarter, and they come into the they come into their home opener. They're they're jazzed. I mean, they're jacked up. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to prove themselves and maybe go for a possible upset. Uh, and look pretty. It looked like pretty early that was going to happen. Yeah, it did feel like that, right? Like the potential upsets on the way. And this is the fun part about NAL football, isn't it? That it's yeah. so much harder to figure out when an upset is really brewing in the second quarter because the speed in which these teams can score. You know, what yep. is an upset two touchdowns? Is an upset 20 points? Is it just because the Empire undefeated and you feel like anyone's even close to them in the first half? It feels like an upset. That is what I find so intriguing about the style of football is that even an upset brewing. You could be up two touchdowns, and by the time halftime hits, you actually could be trailing in the game because of how efficient these offenses can be. Exactly that. Exactly that. And Orlando actually went up; they went up by a couple scores, and Albany had to play had to play uh, had to play comeback. So Albany goes down early in the second, in the first quarter. In the first quarter, Orlando's playing really good, really solid defense, really solid offense too. Uh, Empire, Empire's trying to keep up, and then. Albany gets a stop late in the first half. They come back. They drive the feet. They drive down the field. Get a couple quick strikes. Uh, obviously, uh, to Tommy Grady to Darius Prince on a couple strikes. Uh, they're back in the game. Then they go up uh, to take the lead into the into the locker room. At that point, it, guys, uh, go to the you go halftime. You're you're away from your home. Uh, you're in the locker room and you get the ball first in the second half. What's your if if you're it's coming to, from somebody who's played the game, who's played you played college football, but who's but you've played football, you played football a good amount of your life. If you're up in the first half, after the first half, what's the and you had the ball first in the second half? What's the primary motivation? Is the primary primary motivation to go out and score right away, or do you want to control the ball? What do you want to do? Well, I say this a lot on the broadcast, and I've said this on former radio shows and podcasts and everything else. So some people who followed it, they're probably sick of me saying this, but. The first series in the first half and the first series in the second half is all about coaching. Because remember, those plays usually in football, the first five to ten, you have an idea of what's going to happen, where the ball is going to be, time of possession. Coaches spend all week drawing up those first five to ten plays. So those plays, that's coaching because that's what they did all week long. You flip it over to the second half. The guys up in the booth, the guys behind the board, the guys on the sidelines. What second half adjustments have you made? What weakness or what strength do you see that you can capitalize on in that second half? So usually that first drive is about coaching, and that's what it should be. Okay, what did we pick up on the first half where we as a team can excel at and take the lead and continue to do that? So that's what I usually look for in those halves. And both teams had interesting adjustments that they had to make to put themselves in better position, whether it's Orlando to extend the lead, whether it's Albany to come back. And early in that second half, it was about coaching. So credit to those staffs for trying to pull those things off. Yeah, second half, and, and it just goes back and forth, back and forth in the third quarter. Both teams score some some important touchdowns, but then the fourth quarter comes along, and that's when the Empire took over. Their defense particular in particular took over. Uh, I got a couple things to clean up, I must admit. Uh, such as the illegal defense penalties they had kind of became a kind of a pan, an epidemic of of that. But for the third straight for the fourth straight game, excuse me, they got a sack and they forced a turnover. So how important is it that in kind of a close game as this, 
how important are turnovers and sacks? You know who's not going to like this answer? Or who is maybe going to like the first part, not the second part, is our pal Joe Sykes. Yeah. The all-time great indoor arena football players of all time. The rumor going around here in the Capital Region was that Joe Sykes at some point was going to unretire, suit up, put the number one on and go play. Coach Joe Sykes has shown that this defensive line of this linebacking core continues to be one of the top in the entire league. And that's it's hard to say that because I, I said this on the broadcast in the last home game. Okay, Prince might be the best wide receiver. Ross is historically with his stats one of the best running backs in indoor football history. You've got Tommy Grady who's won MVPs in arena balls. So you've got the best wide receiver, quarterback, running back. All right, that should be it. Well, what about the linebackers? What about the DBs? What about the D-line? These guys might be trying to one-up each other constantly, and it's credit to Joe Sykes as a coach for getting this defense to step up and make some plays for him. Yeah, I, I think I, I think with the Empire having such a young lineup, especially on the defensive side, their secondary, defensive backs and safeties, they're all first-year rookie players. And and also their, uh, their linebackers are the same way. Credit to that defensive staff the coaching staff joe sykes and uh and his uh, also the defensive coordinator so would, would coach uh Minash for putting together a, a great defensive gameplay especially in the fourth quarter where they're, they're going right after the quarterback kenneth mcgruder my god <laughs> he had some thunderous hits again this week mcgruder in shorts and making all those guys mcgruder especially the big 12 player from oklahoma state his story is wild right traveling up from texas from the tryout and getting on the team yeah the wild moment. You know, I actually didn't finish this. You know, I was going to say, and I actually, I almost didn't want to say that. I think it must have been like an instinct in my head that I thought, well, the part that Joe Sykes wouldn't like is they don't need him. Like, they don't need him, Ryan, right? Do, do they? Yeah. They haven't been tested enough. The D-line's good enough. I love Joe Sykes. I'm sure he wants to play deep down somewhere. I know he's retired, but they're not desperate that they need him to suit up and put the number one jersey on again. No, it would take a catastrophic injury for for him to to come out of retirement and suit up. That, but right now the way that that defensive line is playing, getting out to the quarterback four straight games with a sack, and again four straight games with a turnover, whether it be a fumble or an interception. This defense has proven to be arguably the best in the league. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what's the amazing part about it, is that everywhere top to bottom, the Albany Empire are a top tier team. I haven't seen – look, there were some really good skilled players across the league that we've been able to cover and watch so far. It's that combination of, okay, not only are they good, but they're also winning and showing off, like you said, in clutch moments here where you need big plays to be made. They're stepping up and making the plays. And, and that's, I think that's the big thing that kind of worried me was it's such a, such a young lineup on defense. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment with some of our questions we've had well, – I have – over the past first four weeks of the Empire season, you kind of—I kind of wondered whether or not people are going to come up and support this team now that we're kind of fully open. Now that New York's kind of fully open now, with crowds going to the going to arenas, crowds going to baseball and football stadiums. What do you think is going to happen when they come back on July seventeenth? If they if they win again this weekend against Jacksonville, we'll get to that also in just a few moments. Are the crowds going to come out? Even though it's another league, it's a different league. It's National Arena League. Yeah, it's not as well known as uh, as Arena Football, the Arena Football League. But you think the crowd? You think we're going to be going to see bigger crowds at the Times Union Center come July seventeenth when they play Jersey? Yes, I would feel as if this is poised to be the highest attended Albany Empire football game in this new franchise in the NAL. Same name, same jerseys, basically. I would predict it's the same. Couple of reasons. One, July's usually known as the most dead time in sports, right? It's the week after the Super Bowl in mid-July. There's not a lot going on in the sports calendar. So people might just be looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. Number two is they're winning and people want to support a product that wins. 
Yeah. Number three, and I don't want to give a spoiler to a question that might be coming later on. They have a certain player that's returning who had success for the uh, arena football. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. League back in 2018 and 2019, who's very popular locally here in the capital region. So, mm-hmm. those three combinations, but I do have to add this part about it. It always it's fun when you and I have these conversations because we always talk about like perspective of mm-hmm. what it really means and for certain areas and locally and all that stuff. Okay, so what if Albany leads the NAL in attendance? And the number, I don't even know if the number matters, 5,000, 6,000, 4,000, whatever the number Mm -hmm. is, right? Perspective-wise, if they lead the league in attendance, that should be an accomplishment enough that you are the most popular team locally in that league. Yeah. It's almost like a kid at the weight room where it's like, okay, uh, I benched 225 and I'm the strongest kid on my team in high school. Well, there's another kid who can bench 305. Okay, cool. Like he's not on my team though. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) I might have to go against him at some point. But if, you know, if the second and third place kid are like at 205 and 185 and you're 225, you're in the same ballpark as everybody else and you're the best. I I don't know what number they want. Like if, like, okay, let's say the Albany Empire, for the sake of this conversation, 10,000 people came to the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's second in the league? Three, four? So you almost doubled or tripled the second biggest one. And that's like, there's no great number to hit. That's going to make people maybe stop asking about fans. I feel as if you hit the number one attendance numbers in the league, that should be accomplishment enough for this. Yeah. I mean, Albany Jacksonville comes out with, they bring, they, they show up. Jacksonville shows up Orlando. I couldn't really tell from some of the camera angles. If there were a lot of people in the crowd, but the, the Florida teams, they come out Albany. It's for, if, and I'll put up the, the hashtags, Mighty518, hashtag <laughs> local sports matter. Local sports matter, folks. So get your butts down in the Albany Albany uh, Times Union Center when they, when they come back on July 17th, which, oh, my gosh, it seems like a long time from now. But time flies now. So, you know, buy your tickets now. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a shill for the for the Albany <laughs> Empire. But I want I want what you try to be a shill for the Empire while I'm wearing the <laughs> shirt during this interview. What? Yeah, I don't know. Right. How dare but, I? but but seriously, folks, get down to the Times Union Center. Go treat your kids to a football game. It's summer. It's going to be hot. You want a cool place to stay? Watch a football, watch a, a sporting event. There you go. Times Union Center, July 17th. All right. So we've got some, I've got some questions for guys to answer for the next segment. So the first question is, we're talking about the first four weeks of the Empire season. They're currently 4-0. They're number one in the league. So let's talk about the Empire. Guys, what has surprised you the most about the Empire so far this season? Darius Prince and how nobody can guard him. You would think that, right? Like, like you would think that somebody who's moved on a little bit further in his career, Tommy Grady's in the same conversation too, that Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. just, you know, father time is the cliche thing. And we'll just use it for this conversation that eventually your body is not going to be the same type of football player. You were a year ago or three years or five years ago. Maybe it's just a different level of competition. Maybe it's just the secondaries that he's seen early so far. Nobody can guard him. Like it's not even close. Say Tillo and I during the broadcast, I'll say like, He'll ask, well, what do you think about here? Guys, what's the play? I'm like, get it to Prince. 
because nobody can guard him in the league. Yeah. That's, and it's an easy play. Just get it to him and he'll get in the end zone. So what surprised me is the lack of people in this entire league in the secondary who can guard him. Uh, the other thing that surprised me, Ross, big Derek Ross in the backfield. You know, I'm used to Boom Boom Benson, who was really good. But they gave Ross a lot of carries. Like Ross, they do. Like, I think he was up to 19 or 18 in the last home game, something along that. Now, look, you could say he's eating the clock up. That's possible. But clock runs in NAL anyway. So those yeah. two things surprised me. And the deuce from Craig the Leg. Going for the oh. deuce off the kickoffs are a lot of fun. It actually caught me off guard in the first game. So those three things are pretty exciting. Okay, so fun fun stat for you, guys. Derek Ross leads the league in rushing. Can you guess how many rushes he has? Attempts? Attempts. Uh, I feel like this number is too high, but uh, 69? Nice. (laughs) First of all, nice. No, no. He has 42 rushing attempts in four games. Okay. For 155 yards. So he's averaging about three yards, about 3.7 yards a carry, about almost 40 yards a game. The next closest player, not talking about running backs, I'm talking about players who has more rushes than him. Sam Castronova of Carolina. He has, he's a quarterback, has 24 rushes for 34 yards. (laughs) 34 yards. 34 yards and 24 rushing attempts in three games. And a lot of quarterback. Right. I I feel like a lot of those are not designed runs. They're just him scrambling out of the pocket, rolling. Exactly. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're not designed runs. I mean, I mean, I remember listening to the interview that uh, the, you know, our, our guy Levac had with uh, Tom Minaj at right when he was hired. He said, and Levac asked him, "What kind of offense are we going to expect from the Albany Empire?" And Minaj wasn't wasn't shy about. It. He says, "We're going to play basketball football. We're going to run. The, we're going to run the ball. We're going to hit people in the mouth, and we're going to grind. We're going to run off of a, 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 a opposing defenses down." And it's exactly what they're doing. They're setting up the they they've run forty two pat forty two rushing attempts for Derek Ross, which is for arena football is ridiculous. I don't know if you have the stats in front of you there, Ryan, but touchdowns scored as well on the ground. I, I know Ross has got to have at least three touchdowns, maybe four at home alone. Five. It's okay. Five. Okay. It's five. Here's why that number was throwing me off there for three, four, or five, because I'm trying to think how many times per touchdown has he done the lawnmower at the 25 <laughs> yard line? Is that what we're calling that? The lawnmower I'm dance? Call, I'm calling it the lawnmower dance, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that dance is ridiculous where he just kind of like rips it back and then feels as if he's shaking. Shimmies down, shimmies yeah. down a 25 yard line with a bunch of other guys. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, 42 attempts. 155 yards. He's averaging 39, about 39 yards per game, three point, uh, almost four yards of rushing attempt, five touchdowns. He's made a big difference in that offense. I, I mean, and lot, I think Derek Ross, having a guy like Derek Ross and somebody who's experienced as Derek Ross, takes a lot of pressure off Tommy Grady. Yes, it does. Any it elite for him. Any elite running back. I mean, and we get the arguably the greatest arena football running back of all time in that lineup, rushing the ball 10 times a game for four, almost 40 yards a game. just just takes a lot of pressure off and it runs the clock, keeps the clock running. No doubt. It's been a huge advantage for the empire so far this season. All right. So next question guys, and there's no wrong. There's no, and just a reminder, there's no wrong answer for this question. The only wrong but, answer is if I disagree with you. 
True. That's true. <laughs> but the next question is, what's the biggest concern for the next four weeks? Right now, the Albany Empire 4-0. We got a game this weekend in, in Jacksonville. They have two weeks off. Then they, have the, then they have the last three games of the season at home against Jersey, at Columbus, which is going to be a big rematch, and at home against Orlando. What's your biggest concern for the Empire? Is it just is it just keeping the momentum up? Is it staying healthy? Is it hitting a wall? What's, do you think it's the biggest concern? Yeah, I feel like the injury thing is just too obvious because any team that has success, you could say make sure everybody stays healthy, and they're not going to sit their guys. Like They're going to play them as often as they can because the speed of the game just doesn't kind of relate or favor that type of possibility of sitting or resting. And as you just mentioned too, that two week bond week, it's that's enough rest there. The biggest, con- <laughs> right? Like, like the biggest concern for the all the empire, and this is going to sound bizarre, but there is only one football. So what's going to happen is guys like Prince guys, like this soon to be player. That's going to take the field. Who's going to wear number seven. We'll Law. get to him later. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Ross and all these other players who are so good for this team. There's only one football. So you're going to have multiple guys on the outside who can make plays and be a takeover player and be talked about as an all time great in the history of this league, but it's going to have some type of situation. And this is not picking on anybody in particular. This is just being competitors and being athletes that guys are going to get frustrated. They're not getting the football, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you got so many playmakers on the field, every single time they go out there, they're going to want the ball to get in the end zone. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody should have that attitude. But if it's a one score game or it's a two score game, or even if Albany's losing, will the give me the ball, give me the ball start getting too loud in the huddle. And if that's the case, I know I'm basically talking about, like what the biggest concern was for the Miami Heat in 2010 through 14 of, well, who's going to take the last shot, LeBron or Wade or Bosh? If you're in that spot, that's a great spot to be in because you got three options. If the biggest complaint I have for the Albany Empire is that there's only one football and guys might get frustrated because they're not getting the ball enough, that means they're really, really good. So if I had to pick any type of concerns, it would be injuries is too obvious, it would be that there's only one football and that offense is so good. Guys might get frustrated and might end up hurting the team just because they're so stacked. Okay. I have a counter answer to that and I'll tell you why. So right, say I'm so- wrong, Ryan, you big dummy guys, you idiot. You disagree. Now you're wrong. <laughs> well, I'm not going to call you a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a counter, I have a counterpoint to that. And, 2008. I'll, I'll come back. I'll go. I'm gonna go all the way back to 2018, uh, with the Empire having one premier receiver and an emerging receiver in the league. We'll mention him in a couple of moments. But the big receiver in the league with Joe Hills having his streak, touchdown streak of 90 plus games. You had him in the play, and he was hurt in the playoffs. I could tell he was hurt in the playoffs. I remember the last game of the season they played Philadelphia. He goes over the wall to make the catch comes down hard in the stands. I was there. I was right in front of the stand. I was right in front of the play. I was watching it the entire time and he was hurt. I could tell he was hurt for the entire, uh, for the playoff run. He was the, their best receiver, but at the big, in the big moments, he didn't come through for them. Now cut to 2019. He's gone. They're bringing Quentin Sims. They got Colin Taylor. They have our aforementioned, the, the, the soon to be mentioned, uh, receiver they also have boom boom benson and it just seems like it just seems like the room everybody was all for one one for all 
because there's only six teams in the leagues, er, six teams in the league, and just like we have now. Um, and I think I think Coach Ke- Rob Keefe, when he was here, uh, he's now with Iowa. Uh, he did a good job of giving clear expectations of what's what their goals are for this team. And I think that Coach Menashe is the same way. I, I don't know for sure. I've never talked to him. I haven't had, haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Um, but I just feel like that that's that is what he's just giving ex- expectations and goals. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Whoever's open, find the man who's open. We're gonna run the ball. We're gonna run the ball. We're gonna take some pressure off our passing attack with the running game, and we have the offensive line to do it. And we've got enough talent here that we could win the whole thing. Just like we did back in just like we did back in 2019. But my biggest concern is that two week layoff. What what kind of team are we going to see you know, after Saturday? Uh, we have a two week we have a two week layoff. They come back. And they're going to play Jersey, who had a brilliant defensive game on Saturday. Uh, I watched I watched I watched that game. And are they going to lose? Are they going to win Saturday and then lose the rest of the season because they had two week that two week layoff? Or are they going to keep the momentum going? That's my biggest concern is that that two week layoff it, it could hurt their chances at winning first place because home field advantage is obviously very, very important in this, in this league and in all indoor leagues because you win the top spot, you get home and field advantage, and you can have a big crowd for your championship game. Yeah, the two-week layoff is a is a unique and good take about what could be the obstacle along the way for the Albany Empire. My only counter would be this. It is 2021. And what I mean by that is that if it's any other year, I would have agreed with your take and said that's the answer. But these guys have had a two-year layoff. You know, mm-hmm. they went from 2019, no season for 2020. So 2021 is when they come back. What is that about? 700 plus days they didn't play. If mm-hmm. you gave me that, what you just told me in any other year but 2021, I'm on your side. These guys, game one, responded. Now, well, credit to you though, Ryan McCarthy, because that first quarter is a little sloppy. Like once they come back from that two week break, that first quarter could, if we had to wager on this, could be the most sloppy quarter we see the Empire all season. We should see what mm-hmm. happens there. All right. My final question before we go a little a little bit of a break here, guys, is that will the Empire run the table, finish with a perfect record, and win the NAL championship? Yes, yes, and yes. Even though am I not allowed to make predictions as a broadcaster? Uh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> I would say to cover my own butt with a question you asked, I would say uh, the Empire will be favored in every game for the remainder of the season. And that means until I find somebody who can keep it close, have a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, somebody who the Empire have struggles with defending or something wild happens. If the question is, do I think the Empire will lose a game or lose before the championship? I would say no. So, like I just said, yes to all your other ones. Till mm-hmm. I see somebody better, it's going to be hard for me an argument that they're not going to be the best team I've ever seen. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Single game they go out there and play. My response to this question I asked for myself, I asked for myself, uh, I think they run the table. I don't know if they go perfect. Columbus, they got the rematch against Columbus uh, two weeks before the season ends. Uh, it's going to be a very important game. Uh, but I do think they win the NL, NAL championship. That's going to be, and I think they do it and they do it at home. Another championship at home, another championship banner raised <laughs> for next season, and hopefully have more teams to contend with in next uh, in 2022. You know, you said something interesting there, and I don't know if you and I will get in trouble for even asking this, and maybe just COVID stuff. Where are the banners? Because I know Sienna plays at the Times Union Center, and their stuff is not all during the games. I know okay. sometimes they move the banners in and out, but the Firebird banner is not there. The Albany Empire 2019 banner is not there. Eddie Brown's jersey is not there. Unless you've seen it and I haven't, maybe it's behind me in the broadcast. I just don't to know be, where the banners are. To be honest, actually, it should be in front of you. But to be honest, I, right. I haven't seen any. I don't think, I don't see any of the banners up. I I haven't looked. I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I'm I'm focused on taking pictures of the team. Yes, of the, of the game on the field, and I haven't really paid attention to the. To up the, to the rafters. Yeah, I just put the banners up there. And I always say, and I'll say this to Bob Elder again, put the Sienna ones up there. No problem. They play there. If you keep the Sienna ones up, no problem. Maybe it's a seating thing. Maybe it's a view thing of how they have it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. can we one day get a banner of Stone Cold Steve Austin? And that's where I drove the beer truck through. Like, that's the banner. <laughs> like, Austin, the day that it happened. And then the beer yeah. truck. Like, that. have that as a banner. Have Ric Flair winning the Royal Rumble as a banner. Edge cashing, you get it. Like all the great wrestling, you get them up there with some banners too. You need to put that as a mural somewhere in the, yes. in the concourse of the arena. We need to do something like that because wrestling history has happened several times at the Times Union Center. Yes, the, the history behind that. Well, Pepsi Arena, Kurt Angle Pepsi won his Center. first championship there. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I was there for that free preview. <laughs> he won his first WWE championship in Albany. Yeah, he beat The Rock. Whoa, I did not know that. And it was at Bad Blood 99. Because wow. that was the match that Stone Cold came back and almost killed Rikishi, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that pay-per-view, it was, it was electrifying. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to our next segment in just a moment. But before I do that, from our friends at Mohawk Hondo, it's a new sponsor for No Credentials Required and every podcast with Godzilla Media. You've traded in your vehicle. Now what? Sure, every dealer wants your trade in now. There's a shortage of inventory in the market, so you trade it in and get money in your hands. Now what? They don't have anything for you to buy. At Mohawk Honda, not only will they give you top dollar for your trade-in, but they have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. They're the largest inventory of vehicles in the region, and that means you can choose the one that's right for you. Sure, some dealers talk about their values. They'd rather show you theirs. Value and selection, but most importantly, value and how you're treated at Mohawk Honda. And from somebody I have 
before pandemic stroke <laughs> struck last year, I went ahead. I bought myself a used vehicle at Mohawk Honda. Evan, my salesman, was outstanding. He took me through every car that I could probably find that that was a used car. They took my old two hundred thousand mile Ford Focus, and Evan was top notch. And all the people at Mohawk Honda, they'll treat you right. But don't so don't feel pressure into buying something that from another dealer because that's the best they can do. Come to Mohawk Honda and buy the vehicle you deserve. Their selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed in, to fit your needs and your lifestyles, not your lifestyle, not the other dealer's values. This summer, selection is king and no, no other dealer has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. All right, we're bringing guys back in. And we're going to talk some, uh, we're going to do some national arena league power rankings and no surprise guys at number one is your albany empire <laughs> yeah of course four no best offense in the league best defense in the league they have a 93 point differential right now they're averaging about 68 points a game they're the best quarterback the best wide receiver the best running back the best kicker arguably the best defense in the league too they're and the best, the, the best broadcasters, the best photographer, yes, the, all the best, that stuff. The best broadcast team, the best media people in terms of covering media. I don't mean to derail the power rankings, but just so I get this question, because <laughs> I don't know if we had it planned. It. Did you enjoy your shout out on the broadcast when the when Ings got close to you and all that? So I don't know if you and I actually talked about it besides text. I did. I got to tell you the story. So here's what happened. So. I'm at the I'm at the one of the ends of the same. I don't know if it's the west end or the east end or north. I can't remember what end I'm in. But Ings catches that one-headed catch, brilliant catch by the way, and he just runs to the end zone and he runs right at me. Yes, <laughs> and he said he, he takes out his mouthpiece. He goes, "You got that? You got that? I know you got that." I'm like, "I got you, I got you." <laughs> but the shot I got was him running towards me to the end zone. I never got the shot of him catching the ball. Oh so no! I did, but but that's okay. Like I send the pictures on Instagram that I took of him during the game. And he said, "Oh, did you get that one shot of me catching the catching the ball with the one hand?" I'm like, no, nah, I'm for, I'm sorry, I didn't catch. I get that one. He said, that's oh, okay. God. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a funny story. That's my up close and personal story with Kendrick Ings. <laughs> yeah, watching that as a broadcaster, seeing him run at you, I'm just like, I don't know. And I even said, I'm like, that's Ryan McCarthy from Godzilla Media. Check out the <laughs> podcast. Look at him go. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Very entertaining that, for that broadcast. That was fun. That was fun. And we're texting back. We actually we texted back to each other back and forth during the game during the broadcast. And when Carolina's coach throws the challenge flag with like two minutes to go and they're down thirty, I'm 30, like, what's right. he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> My God, <laughs> let the game end. Come on. All right, so number one is Albany. Number two, Columbus. They're three and one. After that opening week loss to the Empire, they're starting to put things together. They looked, they've looked really good against Jersey. They looked really good against or uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, just looking at them, their team, they have former Empire quarterback Mason Espinosa. They've got some arena talent around him, like Lonnie Outlaw, uh, a couple other guys, uh, on their defense, in particular, Marvin Ross, he's got four interceptions. He leads the league in interceptions so far this year. So I could pull up, I put Columbus at number two. Number three, Orlando, one and two. They shocked Jacksonville. They hung in with Albany for a half, and then the wheels kind of fell off the wagon, and the Empire just 
stomped all over them. But I put Orlando at one and two at number three. Real the quick power- out too. Sorry, Ryan. Real quick out too. Just to add one yeah. thing, yeah. Lonnie Outlaw might be the best player in the league. Like I know we just talked about Grady and Prince, and like we've talked a ton about the Empire. But if someone's mm-hmm. like, okay, who's the best player in the league that doesn't play for the umpire? It's Lonnie Outlaw. And if Columbus yep. continues to win, that is, as what I've seen so far in the season, he is the biggest threat that if there is a team in your power rankings, I've totally agreed with you so far. He is the key to what happens for the rest of the NAL season. I agree. I agree. If they, if Mason Espinosa, actually Mason Espinosa is arguably the second best quarterback in the league too. Right. He's, play, he's played in this league before. He played with mm-hmm. Columbus before he joined the Empire in 2019. So he he's familiar with uh, big time situations, uh, and he can throw he can throw the rock. We saw it in Week One. No doubt, he can, he can throw the ball. All right, so Orlando's number three, number four is Carolina. They won in Week One against Jersey, and then the last two games they have looked very very bad. <laughs> they looked pretty bad against Albany. With all those turn with those turnovers, allowing sacks, not put not being very efficient on offense. Last week against Jersey in the rematch from week one, they looked extra bad <laughs> against Jersey. And Jersey had the defense to put together against Carolina and went up winning that game going away. And speaking of Jersey, they're number five. Great defensive effort against Carolina following a terrible game against Columbus where they were down, went down 30. I'm sorry. They went for, I think they went down 42 to nothing at the half against, against Columbus. Then last Jacksonville at 0 and two, the defending champs find themselves on the ropes very quickly. They've got a, a big task ahead of them with the Albany empire. We're going to do a little bit of a preview in just a few moments, but uh, that's my power rankings for the, for the National Arena League, you probably agree, you might disagree with me if you're a Columbus fan, but it's hard to argue a 4-0 record not being the number one, not being a team with the number one record not being the number one in the power rankings, guys. Any any thoughts on my power rankings so far? My power rankings, or do I, I think I nailed it? Six for six. I don't have any disagreements on where you place those teams. I feel like a team at the bottom that you haven't won a game yet. You don't deserve to be anywhere but the bottom. And a team that hasn't lost yet doesn't deserve to be any other spot than the first spot. So across the board, nice job. I'm not, You know what? I'm not going to say this. I want to say there's a big separation between one and two, but I think that's unfair. I think those answers of how good those Florida teams, again, Orlando and Jackson will be, we'll find over out over the rest of this month. Yep. Yep. And big, big game coming up on July 24th in Columbus between Albany and uh, and and Columbus that could decide number one seed. No doubt. All right. So let's go to our news here. We're going to news pretty quick. And this past week, actually last week, uh, Coach Tom Minash went on a uh, on, uh, was on one of our radio locals radio stations here in Albany, New York, to make a pretty big announcement. Now you're kind of curious as to what that announcement was. You're kind of thinking, okay, is there going to be full capacity at the Times Union Center? Is there going to be a big opening act for the block party? It's going to happen. No, this happens. By God. That's Malachi Jones' music. <laughs> Malachi Jones coming down the Times Union Center. Good God, God Almighty. Good God Almighty. He thought he was coming from DWP playing Montreal. No. No, sir. He is back. That's By right, God, he's back. By God, he's back. Malachi Jones, number seven, Albany Empire, making this team 
this team is more loaded now than they were at the beginning of the season. <laughs> they've got now they've got Tommy Grady. Now they've got Derek Ross. Now they've got Darius Prince, Philip Barnett, who has been an incredible addition to this team. Now they got Malachi Jones. By God, guys. <laughs> it might have been a wrap before, and we're talking about the favorite of the Albany Empire. We joked around earlier in this episode that yeah. they didn't need Joe Sykes, right? They could bring him back too. Mm-hmm. I, if Malachi, and I don't doubt that he's in shape, but if Malachi Jones is the Malachi Jones we saw in 2018 and 2019, I, I don't know if a team is going to stay within two touchdowns of the Empire. That's how good they can be. And the whole story behind yeah. Malachi, I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of the stuff around, but it's worth noting that he had been working as a brand ambassador for Lululemon, yep. and he was going to go back to the CFL, but because of situations of having COVID, that may have not been an opportunity until December. So mm-hmm. because of his current employer saying, we'll give him the opportunity to do this, we think it's good for us, we think it's good for Malachi. It seems as if Malachi is, and, and maybe I interpreted this different than you did, it sounds like this is his last hurrah. Like this yeah. is it for him in professional football at any level. And he's just going to move on for the rest of his life. and go get a championship here. Yeah. It, from, from what he posted on Twitter, on Instagram, it sounds like it's going to be his last shot. Cause I remember when he signed with the Montreal Alouettes in 2020, uh, right before actually right before pandemic happened, uh, there was no CFL season. There was, there was, some some thought of there being a six game season in a bubble situation and they play the great cup there that didn't happen he's been working out with uh West quarterback vernon adams jr who's an emerging star in that league with a bunch of other receivers that the alouette signed unfortunately they didn't they didn't actually the cfl actually didn't announce plans for a season until last monday the, the, the 14th that was a big day for them and i'm, I'm happy as a, i mean I'm a, I'm a football fan period so i love nfl college cfl arena nal i'll watch any i'll watch any form of football but i think part of it was the timing and maybe i'll get an interview with him in the next couple of weeks i think part of it was the timing with the cfl taking so long to determine whether or not there'll be a season this year and they finally have a season together but you know, maybe it was just too long of, of of waiting to see whether or not a season would happen in Canada. And then he just said, you know what? I'm going to give it another shot in the arena league in an indoor football. And maybe this is my last my last chance at a professional career to get another ring and then call it a call it a career. And I think it's worth said. Yeah. And I think it's worth adding to this because it's not even at times what Malachi Jones hasn't been able to do. There have been some things you mentioned the pandemic there. It is just one of many things that has been out of his control. Remember, he had mm-hmm. signed a contract with the Alliance American Football League. Yep. I believe it was a team in Atlanta. The Atlanta which, Legends. Thank you. Yeah, the Atlanta Legends. I have, his, he, I have his card. I have a signed card from him. Right. So <laughs> he was going to be the standout player there. And because the financial dumb moves that they made, that league folded. And I, I'm, Ryan, you might have to help me here. I believe there was some talk of whether he was going to go to the XFL or the CFL. And because of a contract situation, he may have originally signed with an XFL team and then went to the CFL. Whatever it was. And then, of course, also in that mix, too, the Chicago Bears. So he did get to the yeah. NFL. So he had in one span, if I remember this correct, there it is. There's there's, there's a card, the card. The Atlanta Legends. I believe Malachi had gone like 16 months in a row with three different football teams, which sounds outrageous. But I believe that's what the stat yeah. was from the Empire to the Legends to the Chicago Bears. He just played football so straight. Eventually, like when you have leagues folding and not getting paid in this, that's nothing you can control. 
And unfortunately, yeah. because the XFL folds, the AFL folds, Canadian football league, he's just probably looking around like, man, I don't like this anymore. Like I can only get screwed over so many times where I'm like, all right, enough's enough. I'd like to have control over what happens for the rest of my future. Yeah. From what I remember, his career path was he played in the AAL in in, uh, in North Carolina, signed with the Empire, played at the Empire in 2018, signed with the Bears for the pre played a preseason game. He played special teams, got cut. Then he got he, he signed with the AAL. Atlanta Legends playing at home in in, in Georgia. Uh, he's from that. He's from the Georgia, I think the Roswell area. They fold. Comes back to the Empire. Then he signs with. Mon- I think he he either si- I think he signed with Montreal, but then he got drafted by the Seattle Dragons. And no, he got drafted by the Seattle Dragons. Elected not to play. Signed with signed with Montreal in the CFL. That and then CFL season goes tats up, and he wants to come back. He comes, maybe he'd be coming back with the CFL. He's still under contract with them, and then that kind of falls apart. And now he's coming back to the Empire. It's just yeah. a weird, such an interesting career arc for him. And again, yeah, we'll have the podcast, and we'll we'll talk some more about that. But yeah, it's just an interesting career path. As wild as it all sounds, we actually both might have missed one. I think somewhere in like in May of 2019, he got a run with the Tennessee Titans too. It may have just been a yes, tryout. Yeah, you got a tryout with them. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. It was during the off. I was during. The, it was. I think it was during the uh, Empire's bye week that he got yes. a chance to work out for them. Whew. A lot of teams. That's a lot of teams. <laughs> All right. The next thing we got to address here, guys, is uh, inside the arena. Uh, the Twitter account released a peculiar tweet last week i believe it was either thursday or friday but the possibility of the arena football league returning so this tweet says inside the arena has learned that an ownership group of former afl players is looking to bring back the league in 2023 stay tuned for updates as they become available that was it that's the tweet <laughs> so there's all sorts of speculation from fans from observers people who are kind of I wouldn't say in the know. I know our, our uh, we have one particular person who kind of chimed in saying Albany would be back. I I, I would kind of like to see. I would kind of think they would see him back. But do you think there's any traction to this, guys? Do we know about? Have you heard anything about the uh, Marina Football League retur- possibly returning in 2023? Here's what I'll say about that post in particular. Uh, I've learned this term, and I'm going to keep it clean for the podcast. Uh, it's called engagement humping. I don't even know if I, that's even clean enough. <laughs> so, clean. okay, good. So engagement, engagement humping means this, like, and this is, it bothers me as somebody who runs like a media company now that sees this, like, who's your favorite athlete? Leave a comment below. Who is mm-hmm. the goat? Leave a comment below. Who would win between this starting five and this starting five? Leave a comment. Like you're just basically fishing for engagement. And you know mm-hmm. what will get people all worked up and the retweets and the likes and the shares and all that stuff. Yeah. So it felt like it was just a a a fishing hook to get people to go wild on Twitter. The closest thing I compared this to recently, exactly right, right? Reel the people in and get all the engagement going. Do you remember? I don't know if you're a gamer like I am when it comes to like sports video games, but there was a tweet, I think last summer where EA Sports is like, college football video games are coming back. That's right. <laughs> the college football video game that's been gone since 2013 is back. All right, when's it coming out? We're not going to tell you. What's the name of the game? We're not going to tell you. Uh, what? 
He just said it was back and he didn't tell us a year, the name of the game, what it's going to look like. It's back. And then people started realizing it felt like Stu Gatzik. It's back. Like uh, <laughs> people started figuring out like, wait a second, guys, this is like three to four years away. And you have to wait on the Supreme Court and the name image likeness. Wait a second. Did you just try to get people all worked up to do any social engagement and get followers? Yeah. Like that's what that is right there. Especially two years. Uh, you and me in particular, we can talk about how much our lives can change in two years. Mm-hmm. So many things that are out of people's control can change in two years. So I'm not saying their sources are wrong or the report is wrong. I'm just saying if you tweet something out like that in June of 2021, I don't know what the progress is besides getting retweets and shares and likes. And if that was your goal, you won. But I don't get the timing of why you want to hype them up two years from now. Yeah. I mean, you've got the NAL, which is <laughs> at best, I would say fledgling. The only six franchises are supposed to have eight teams play this. They're supposed to have eight teams play this year. One decided to back out five days before the season began. Well, well let's uh, say one, this though. Let's say this though. COVID is affecting the league. Like the league could have easily said yeah. we're not doing it, and they could have came back in 2022. Oh, oh right. ab- absolutely, absolutely. The IFL, the Indoor Football League, which is kind of the I wouldn't say, I guess you would say rival league. They've been having some ownership ownership issues. They actually just kicked out a team <laughs> mid-season. They kicked them out because of ownership issues. Other professional indoor football leagues like the uh, AAL, the American uh, American Arena League, the uh, Championship Champions Indoor Football, they're kind of they go to smaller markets. But I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if and I kind of thought this about this in my head because you and I were at the at the game at the Albany game two weeks ago against Carolina. It's weird not seeing the nets, but I, I kind of missed. I mean, that's the one thing about this league is I missed the, I missed the rebound netting. I don't know if the, the whoever bought the rights and the, all the equipment for the empire also bought the netting, the rebound netting. I mean, it'd be fun to see the arena football league come back, but I would like to see a model where you know it won't fail because this will be the third time around for this league. And I would hate to see it fail once again because of incompetency in in uh in finances with the with with uh, executives and just the whole league going down again. That would break my heart, <laughs> honestly. Cause we love we love arena football here in Albany. I think the league itself, and maybe this is something I'll learn different as the rest of the season progresses. I'm not sure, and maybe the answer will be answered in July if the Capital Region cares what leagues it's in. Like, right? But like, someone could argue what about the AFL two and the Conquest and the. Re- you could say there's examples of Albany caring that the league itself did matter, but we'll find out. Maybe if there's yeah. a great attendance on mid July, it didn't matter if it's the NAL or the IFL or the Arena Football. Maybe it won't. That's, that one's too tough to figure out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I, I think what I remember the NAL and the IFL were both hot on the heels of Albany ownership and the NAL wanted pointing out because, uh, because I don't know if you follow the IFL at all. A lot of their teams are based in the Midwest and the West. Not a whole lot of teams here on the East Coast. I know Massachusetts was the NAL. They went to uh, they went to the IFL. They currently play in the IFL. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see if they if there's a model that they can keep the league sustainable and have some markets that are interested, like some of the old markets that had drew interest in arena football, like Albany, Orlando, 
Uh, I could see some of the NAL teams break away, like the Albany Empire, Orlando, Jacksonville. Uh, I could see Grand Rapids coming back. They had a really successful franchise. Iowa. It'll be interesting to see what kind of markets they can draw and what kind of interest they can draw if they if they start small. If they start small and, and grow it from the inside out, get enough interest, and you know, it'll be, it'll be, it could be a success again. We wait and see. Wait and see. Wait and see. All right. And the last thing we're going to cover, because I hear some storms coming my way. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't want the power. I don't want the power to go out before we're done recording here. Uh, we're gonna we got to preview Albany Jacksonville Saturday night, seven o'clock on YouTube side. Uh, Albany is playing at Jacksonville. Uh, guys, are are the Empire going to keep rolling? Yes, I think the Albany Empire at this point have not shown any weakness. This is another Grady Ross Prince type of performance. The defense, if they can continue, like if, if Albany gets, here's the fun part, right? What if Albany gets up 14 nothing fast? Hmm. Could teams come back against Albany? Does Albany just pound the football with Ross and Grady? Can they almost score too fast and just force the defense to get tired on their own team, which is the most bizarre thing ever, but it's possible? Yeah. I think Albany rolls. And just to clarify, because I've seen a lot of different things on social media, from your end, are you hearing that Malachi Jones is actually going to debut this weekend? I know he said on social media, I think on Facebook this morning, that he was back in Albany. Okay. Whether or not he plays with the team this weekend, I don't know. Uh, But if he plays this weekend, I'll be surprised. If he doesn't play this weekend, I won't be shocked. I know he'll probably travel with the team uh, and just be in the practice squad just to kind of get used to the offense that they're going to run. If he plays, I either way, I won't be shocked if he plays or if he doesn't play. All I know is he's back in the area. He's wearing number seven. And... Always going to win this weekend. I, I know. I, although it's funny, I have a, I have a, I have a standing bet with uh, one of our other Belly Up podcasts. I made it last weekend. Uh, if if Jacksonville beats the Empire, I got to do the Baby Shark dance on their podcast on their live on the live stream. Who was it? JD Davis? Was it him? That no, it wasn't JD. JD. No, it wasn't JD. It was my, it was my guy Vinny. He lives in Jacksonville. He's a former okay. New Yorker. He lives in Jacksonville now. So uh, if if Albany doesn't win, I got I got I got to pay up a bet. <laughs> Send me that it involves video. A shark, it involves a shark costume. The most <laughs> watched video in the history of YouTube is Baby Shark. So if you want to send it over to Godzilla Media just for the views, I am very much in support of that. <laughs> well, hopefully the Empire will win and I don't have to do that. <laughs> no, I don't I know think... what I'm rooting for. <laughs> Well, I, I think I think Albany wins this game going away. Guys, what about you? What, you, what I know you're kind of rooting for Jacksonville to win, so I have to pay up my bet. But what do you think? Uh, in um, honest, in all honesty, and all pers- in all your perspective, what do you think is what do you think uh, is going to happen this Saturday? I'll give a prediction because I'm not calling the game against the Jacksonville crew on this one. I see Albany winning this by 20. Give me Jacksonville 49, Albany 69. Nice. <laughs> trying to up that trying to uh, you're just trying to make that uh average point total to 69 points <laughs> it was wasn't it wasn't it it was it yeah. was six, it was 68 it was actually 68 but i don't know I was, hoping, that math. I was hoping to get that extra point on on saturday so i could yes. say they won they had to scored 69 but anyway but yeah that's our that's our prediction for for this past this coming saturday guys Thank you for being my guest on this week. Where can people find you? Where can people find your podcasts? You have the floor. 
At Tom Goss, T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z on Twitter. Getting there with Goss on Instagram, all one word. And then YouTube side. That's right. Very Look at how good we are at pointing out. Uh, YouTube side, just <laughs> search Godzilla Media, G-O-Z-I-L-L-A Media. Two words. Enjoy all the great coverage you got across the board. So check out all the fun stuff happening. Just just think Godzilla without the D. That's right. Does that, does that sound dirty? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not say that legally because... <laughs> I don't know what I could say about that. Let's, I mean, if that's the way you need to remember it, I have no idea what you're talking about, though, when it comes to that dinosaur. Uh, that, the, the radioactive lizard. Yes. Thank you. Right. <laughs> All right, folks, that is going to do it for this edition of No Credentials Required. As always, we are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with the aforementioned Godzilla Media. Social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpNCR, and YouTube, no credentials required. On YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live with either shorts or we go live with the live with full episodes of the program. And also, don't forget our social media, our, our hashtags, hashtag Mighty51A and hashtag Local Sports Matter. Thanks again for joining me this week on No Credentials Required. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy, and we'll see you next time. courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.